As a boy, I used to write down what I wanted and mail it to Santa Claus at the North Pole. <laughs> of course, now I'm older and wiser. Oh, yes. God. Now I just go to the nearest department store and hand it to him in person. Ron and Anian. Did I hear right? At the beginning of your show, you said you don't have time for Santa? Well, no, it's it's not that I don't have time, Santa. I just, I have all these broken cars here that I'm, you know, and they count on me to come in every week. And Ron, I trust you. Oh! The Car Doctor. Dexos 2, if I'm not mistaken, is a rating. Why do I think Dexos 2 is a rating for diesel classification? Um, I just it's read this. Mercedes. Uh, yeah. His name's European Car. Yeah. Um, I think you're fine with the Dexos 1. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... No, no, I want an official red undercover and I should do it if you my lead rifle. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Here's Ronnie. Start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here talking to you about your car and its problems, whatever they might be. And uh, let's go forward and fix them because that's what this radio show is about and has been about the past 27 plus years. Uh, I should point out on uh, today's show, we are giving away a Millennium 90 courtesy of the folks over at Launch, Launch Tech USA. The Millennium 90 is a code reader, but it also does data stream. It shows readiness, status, freeze frame. Really great little scan tool. Uh, color, sc- color screen, if I'm not mistaken. It does oil resets. Um, it gets into ABS and airbag, and uh, it's the it's it's close to the top of the line of the Millennium series from the folks over at Launch. You can read more about it at LaunchTechUSA.com. And all you got to do to win and be part of this holiday giveaway is call us at 855-560-9900. The decision of the judges, Tom and Tony, is final. Um, they're the guys in the control room. You got to be nice to them and uh, smile through the phone, as we say, and uh, you know, talk them into it and tell them why you need a Millennium 90, why you need your own scan tool. But we're happy to do it and happy to give it away and uh, help spread some diagnostic cheer as we go out throughout this year. Hey, that kind of rhymes. You know, I could be on radio. Look at that, huh? How do you like them apples? Um, lots of things going on, a lot of stories I want to, you know, talk to you about this week. Uh, I want to talk to you about Ralph. Ralph is, um, I, I guess I'll tell you the story this way, just to show you the kind of week it was at the shop. That um, I think I've mentioned this once before. A woman keeps calling the shop, and I'm not sure who she is. This is the second time it happened. Um, she called up looking for her car. She was she was looking for a Toyota Sienna minivan. And, you know, is my Toyota van done? And I said, uh, you know, who is this? And she didn't really say. She goes, well, you know, this is, I, I dropped off my car this morning and I, I gave the keys to Ralph. And I said, well, you know, there's no Ralph here. And she said, well, no, there is a Ralph there. That's that's where I was. This is RA Automotive. And I was, we kind of went back and forth a little bit. And the, the gist of the conversation sort of came out to be when she said, well, you know, come on, this is you, Ralph. I know this is you. Uh, lady, it's not Ralph. She says, well, where's Ralph? I don't know. Where's your car? She goes, well, I dropped it off there. That's when I hung up the phone. So, you know, it was just that kind of a week that people didn't seem to know where they were dropping their cars off and who they were talking to. So I know the holidays are getting near. I know things are getting a little frantic and and, and frenetic. It's um, you, you can see it, that it's it's coming, that we're all a little bit flummoxed, I think is the word. So let's take a chill pill and... You know, try and get through the next couple of weeks, please. I had a new car this week. I had a, I had a new customer in last week. And, uh, you know, sometimes your heart goes out, right? Uh, 
2000 Nissan Frontier came in the door of the shop. And I, I like Rick. Rick did, Rick did it very well. He came in and he asked me, he said, hey, you taking on any new clients? And, you know, I guess I am and I'm not. You know, I just I got to hear the story that goes behind it when they come in to ask that kind of question. Seems he bought a 2000 Nissan Frontier from a used car dealer. And, you know, the promise was that we guarantee the car for inspection. We guarantee that it will, uh, you know, be ready to go and, and, and pass inspection. And that somewhere along the way, the check engine light came on and it wouldn't pass inspection. And it needed catalytic converters. And to their credit, they, they tried. They, they put catalytic converters in it. And then it went back and he started driving it. And then it started having an overheating problem. And all this occurred within a very short time span. It was less than two weeks. So they found a salvage yard, call it what it is, a junkyard engine. They put a junkyard engine in it. And that got rid of the catalytic converter code problem. That got rid of the overheat issue. But as soon as Rick started driving the truck, and all he was doing was trying to get a a car ready to give to his young son, who's just of driving age, it, it, it started to develop a... EGR fault, an EGR fault code, a P0400, and it also developed a P1440, which is an evaporative emissions fault. After some diagnosis and steps, and what do I always tell you about diagnosis, right, that it's it's the research that goes into it, the time you spend in order to accurately come to a positive conclusion. You know, after some research, it, it turned out that the EGR valve did not have vacuum going to it. There was no vacuum control. So I had to trace out vacuum control. Now, it's a, it's a pretty simple system. There's a, a back pressure transducer and a bunch of other things, which will probably send some of you over the edge with your head spinning. So suffice it to say, it, it, just, it was a basic EGR system with a couple of uh, changes or add-ons. And it turned out that it had no vacuum coming out of the intake manifold. Now, the, 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 the feed line for the EGR goes through the vent solenoid or through the control solenoid and out the other leg and feeds up a metal tube and goes underneath the intake plenum and it kind of disappears under there and comes out the other side and attaches to these, well, it's supposed to attach to, there's three little metal nipples at the back of the manifold and one, two, three, one goes this way for MAP, the other one goes that way for heater control and the other one in the middle is supposed to be EGR, EGR BPT. And it didn't. It the metal line went under the intake, as far as I could see, but I couldn't see where it came out the other side. So I looked at the vacuum supply port, and or the three vacuum supply ports, and everybody had factory lines on them, and it even had a nice factory rubber cap on the one that I thought would be for EGR, and I said, that doesn't make any sense to me. Did a little more research. Finally found a factory picture, factory vacuum diagram, showing that, yeah, you know, if it, and it said, that's what caught my eye, if the vehicle has an EGR valve, if it's so equipped, it has to have a vacuum line on this particular port. So I took the upper plenum apart and routed a vacuum line and put it together, and what do you know, it had EGR. What do you know, it had or it had vacuum, and what do you know, the EGR worked. And I sat there and I thought about it, and I said, look at the, you know, look how tough auto repair is. You, you go through the pain of putting an engine in a vehicle, and you've got that skill set. They did a fairly decent job, but they couldn't see it all the way through because when they couldn't get the EGR to work and they couldn't get the evap- evaporative emission system to be diagnosed, they just dropped it off on Rick's front lawn and said, it's over 30 days, it's now your car, it's your problem, which, you know, I understand why this business has the has the issues that it has. So, you know, it, it was a good feeling. 
It really was. But that was the kind of week I had. Um, you know, took the vacuum nipple off, put a vacuum hose on it, because it turned out that this used car dealer found an engine in a salvage yard that wasn't EGR equipped. And that was the whole point. That what are the odds, right? You know, a 2000 Frontier, how many of them did they make with EGR? How many of them did they make without? They had a 50-50 shot, and it went the wrong way. They put in one without EGR in it, and they tried to adapt it to make it work. It's just that they didn't realize it and have to go through the rest of the way. And um, just just like, wow, right? Um, research is, is, is what it comes down to, research and diagnosing a car and its problem or just got to be part of the solution. That's why, you know, when you call me up and you say, hey, I did this, this, and this, the first words out of my mouth are, did you diagnose anything? No, I didn't want to spend any money. Well, you know, you just threw $500 worth of parts at the car. <laughs> and where did, what did that get you? Um, so just, you know, just things to look forward to, things to be uh, mildly concerned about. So, um, And that's part of the reason why we're, we're pushing to give away scan tools. We want everybody to have a scan tool. We'd like everybody to have a scan tool. A scan tool in every pot. Is it like a chicken in every pot? A scan tool in every pot so that, you know, you can at least see what's going on. And scan tools are getting much more affordable, but, you know, this Millennium 90 is geared more towards, well, it's it's geared towards the do-it-yourselfer, but it's 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 a very nice tool. Um, whoever gets this today uh, will be very, very happy, trust me. Um, so anyway, let's pull over and take a pause, 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor, and uh, when we return, we'll, uh, we'll open the garage doors. Hang on one second. back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Let's get over and open the garage doors. Let's go talk to Kurt LaCrosse, Wisconsin, O2 Honda Civic, and some trans issues. Kurt, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Uh, I've got a Honda uh, Civic EX 2002. Okay. I went to a site called vehiclehistory.com or org. All right. And it showed like 20 recalls on this car. For the and car I, or for the, tra- upon, for the car or for the transmission, Kurt? For the whole car. But, okay. I mean, the okay. main thing is that when I went to Honda's site, they said there was only two recalls on it. When I went to this vehiclehistory.org, or .com, actually, and put my VIN number in, it showed 20 things, 20 recalls on this car alone. And one of them was that the transmission, they said that when I got the schematic for it, it said the transmission filter was in, you couldn't actually replace it on this model. No, you can't. You ha- it was actually in the motor. It was in, you have to take off the transmission to get to it. Right, you have to take the trans out, so, split the case, and it's in the bottom, correct? Correct. Right, right, right. So then they said the best way to do it is just to, Take that magnetic plug out of it and drain the tranny fluid, and 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 I did it like three times, thinking because there's a problem in between second and third gear okay. where it the transmission slips. Well, it just happened on this car history. It says in between second and third gear there's a history of this car, and a recall according to that uh, that it was that it had problems in between second and third gear. Right. So I so I put Lucas no slip. Uh, in there along with the transmission fluid on the last one and it's still doing it and he said well 
You know, the car will, they run forever. And he said the car will just keep doing that, and it, it'll probably give you no problems at all. It'll just continue to do that. Who, who, who but told, it wasn't who, really a fix. Who told you that? Uh, there was a service at Honda Motor Works. A service, continue a, to do that. A service advisor from Honda said it's okay to drive the car with a slipping transmission? Yep. Yep, long as you know. Now, all I do is I act like it's like a manual transmission, and I let off on it. It'll shift without slipping. But if I'm, I apply acceleration to it, it's gonna it's gonna jump about a thousand RPM, and then it'll finally catch. Okay. First of all, the car's unsafe to drive, just from your description. All right, because what you're gonna what you're gonna really end up doing over time, and I can't tell you when. I can't tell you if it's gonna be today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. But if it's if it's losing the shift point between second and third that the engine speed flares to a thousand RPM, that that's that sudden jolt, that shock isn't good for everything. It's it's a free rev to a grand and then drop it back into gear. It's going to shock things apart over time. Uh, you know, right. un, un, unless you you know, I guess you know you're programming yourself now to shift second gear and let off the gas, wait till it shifts into third and then apply the gas, but. And you're going to tell me nobody else does, but how's anybody else ever going to drive the car? Right. Well, that, I, even my even my girlfriend, I said, you know, when it gets up to 28 miles per hour, let off on it. Right. Yeah, this isn't... This... And that's what she does, and that's what she does. And the reason why I have to live with it is because the only way to really probably fix it is by taking the transmission off and, obviously, you know, Rebuilding then you're talking it. major... Yeah major bucks well are you aware actually, it's a replacement of it well let me ask you this question first of all i want to address the vehicle history.com or org comments 20 versus what honda said the only website i've found to be accurate and the one i've used is nhtsa.gov have you been to that yet mm-hmm. um no. have you been go to nh nhtsa which is national highway traffic safety authority.gov now for all i know VehicleHistory.com is a, is a, is a spin off of NHTSA or NHTSA.gov, and maybe I'm sending you to the same place, so, and that's okay. Yep. If, if NHTSA says there's two recalls, there's two recalls. If NHTSA says there's 20 recalls, there's 20 recalls. And there's, you know, there'll, there'll likely be a phone number there. You can go and talk to somebody at NHTSA and say, hey, how come the website says this? And Honda tells me that, and they can kind of help you balance, balance the two. Have you spoken to a service? advisor or writer at honda not american honda out in california not the manufacturer but actually at the dealer level have you spoken to anybody that way just at the dealer level in the cross he okay. just back and then i said there's i've got all these matter of fact that the initials that you gave me are on this site right down uh that nitsa or whatever you put out there is on this site and it says that that name, that initials, and 20 recalls right behind it. Right. So to me, then, it, the car has 20 recalls on it, whatever they are, you know, if, if they're all one yeah. the same or so on and so forth. There was an extended warranty applied to this particular car for the transmission. This car had multiple transmission issues. Uh, automatic transits are the weak link of, of just about every Honda out there on the road in the past 15, 20 years. I don't know when it exactly ended. There's been more than a couple of service bulletins from Honda. 98061 was one where they talked about it in depth. Uh, Automatic Transit Warranty Exchange Program was dated probably 10 years ago at this point. So, uh, you know, I would would start pushing and doing some research and try and find the most current version of the warranty exchange program for the trans and see when exactly did yours – yours is probably out of coverage – but you might have an argument based on how, how long ago. Was it out of coverage 
six weeks ago, six months ago, six years ago, et cetera. You get my point. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and and then you can kind of take it from there. But under no circumstance would I tell you it's okay to drive the car because at some point it's going to fail. And what if it fails 2 o'clock in the morning on a cold across Wisconsin road? You guys have been known to have some cold winters up there. And, uh, you know, what, what if it's in a part of the country where, you know, or, or part of the hillside where you've, you've, you've got to get home and it's late at night and the car is not reliable? Any dashboard warning lights on, Kurt? Yep, check engine lights on. That okay. uh, that that uh, that uh, the thing that's back in the from the tank on the rear. You know what I mean? The the sensor that goes to that that goes from the gas tank. I, I'm trying to think of the name of it right now. There's a recall on that too. Right. And that's the reason it, it, the code comes up. Uh, I think it's 1753 or 1752 that it throws, okay. and that's that darn that little unit that goes on that that uh ventilation for the tank uh the ft that one the, comes up the ftp sensor or the vent valve for the canister canister vent valve canister vent right okay yep so yeah, and it's that little gauge that that's a 30 dollar item right you well know? you know listen, i know you have pull holes if if there's open recalls on this car if there's open recalls on this car, then it's open recalls, and you've you've earned the right by merely by ownership to have them performed. So let's go backwards. Why don't you call Torrance? I think it's Torrance, California, is American Honda's headquarters. Why don't you call Torrance, California, and ask them? You know, listen, here's my VIN. I can't get a straighter answer out of the dealer here in town, according to NHTSA.gov, and that should wake somebody's that should you know wake somebody's ears up and get their attention. This car has more than two recalls on it. And I'd like to know just what it is because I want to know if I'm if I'm driving a safe car or not before I turn it over to my lawyer. Talk to him that way. All right, sir. Do that and uh, let me know where it goes. But if there's a check engine light on, there's a fault code in there. And that's why I say it's not good to drive that car because what if it sets another fault code for another system? How will you ever know? And you won't. So it's got to get resolved. It's not reliable. Let's start with getting some more information. We can talk again uh, the week after next if you'd like. I'm Ron Anning, The Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anning, The Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Sometime this hour or next, we're giving away a Millennium 90, courtesy of the folks at Launch Tech USA, Launch Scan Tools. Uh, you need to call in to have a chance to win. Tom and Tony are the judges. Be nice when you call in. I'm not sure what their priorities or what their values are today. Um, maybe if you call in and say you like the Giants, maybe. So, no, Tony, that's not it. Tom, that's not it. Um, that's what. What is the what is the uh, winning uh, uh, phrase today? We don't know the phrase that pays, Ralph. Oh, Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> that? The lady thought I was Ralph, and then she's arguing with me that I'm Ralph. <laughs> And I'm saying, no, I'm not Ralph. Come on, we're, Ralph. We're sitting here dying as you're telling the you story. Know, Ralph, we know this is you, Ralph. Lady, I'm not Ralph. I'm Ron. Oh, when did he hire you? When did who hire me? Ralph, lady, I'm not Ralph. I just, you know, you can't make it up. I'm going to write a book one of these days, uh, you know, why you can't get your car fixed by Ron and Annie and the car doctor. It's like, holy smokes. Um, anyway, let's go over and talk to, is that, uh, I can't read that name. Is that Verl, Verla? Verl? That name is Verl. Verl. There we go. Hey, Verl. How are you? Ron and Annie and at your service, sir. How can I help? Yeah, I've got a, I've got a 
got a note about 10 years ago I called you, and then you called me Verla then, and I got razzed about it ever since. Listen, at least the, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Listen, at least I'm consistent, though. you got to admit that. Uh, <laughs> you know you know what the scary part is? It's I've been on the air over 10 years. It's like, can you imagine like we're talking about something from 10 years ago? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, seems, it seems like I started this yesterday. Uh, but that's another I'm enjoying story. It, I hope. So, I'm enjoying every minute of it, man. I tell you what, I'm having a great time. 27 years plus. Next year starts our uh, fifth year of self syndication and uh, 28 years on radio. So we're just rolling yeah. right along. What can I do for you, my friend? Well, I guess you got the notes there. The guy, I've got a Isuzu i290. It's same as Chevrolet Colorado. Right. Yep. And I didn't tell you both issues. I forgot, but uh, the issue that's to the forefront right now is uh, I used to go a month or two, and, and I wouldn't have this problem, and then it would show up, and then it would go away and come back. You go out cold or warm, and it doesn't do it. But, uh, well, did it yesterday again. Now it's getting more often. It won't start, but if I just wait 10 or 15 minutes, it'll start right up again. And uh, I do have a engine light that uh, comes on occasionally. That's the other issue, and whether it's related, I do not know. Okay. And uh, codes have been pulled, and uh, it was uh, crank sensor and cam sensor. They've both been replaced, and I can live with that. But this this won't start for ten minutes. Thing is kind of getting old. Well, is are the fault codes that are still coming up, cam and crank? Yes. Okay, and they're intermittent. Yes. Okay. So I can I can take and reset the uh, either they do it when they aren't supposed to, but they do it anyway. Reset the c- computer somehow. I can take the uh, cable off the battery and just wait a little bit. And then it, today I did that. Or yesterday I did that, and it hasn't. The check engine light hasn't even come on yet. But now, but it starts right now. It's. I just drove it home from a place where it wouldn't start, but I okay. had to wait ten minutes. So it's it's a ten minute timeout. Yeah. Okay, and it's consistently ten minutes. Yes. When it yeah, when it goes when it when it goes into this no start ten minute thing, do you have access to a scan tool? Uh, no, I don't. Because I'd love to see if when it happens, can you talk to the vehicle PCM? All right. Okay. Uh, one of the things I would tell you to look for is at the very least the next time it happens turn the key on, does the check engine light light up? No, it doesn't, because I did that today, and it didn't. Right. So the PCM's not awake. Isn't that interesting? Right? Yeah. Okay. If and I'm not saying it's going to st- you know turn the key on it's going to stay on the, the, you'll, you'll turn the key on and you know matter of fact when the truck's running normal I always say in order to fix something broken you have to know how it works right so we've got to look yeah. at normal too many times as mechanics we woke up to a broken car for the first time and go oh boy let me get this new whiz bang shiny new tool out of my toolbox that I've been trying to use for two years and learn how to use it on the broken car. That doesn't work, all right? So, you know, if the truck's running now, if you hang up for me now and the truck runs, go outside, start it. Okay, it starts, it runs, it does what it's supposed to. Turn it off. Count to to 10. Count to 15. Turn the key on, but don't start it. How long does the check engine light come on for? Four seconds? Okay, and that's probably what it does. It's bulb check, all right? Shut it off. Count to 30. Turn it back on. Does it come back on for four seconds? Yep. Okay, so we now know bulb check on your 07 Isuzu is four seconds, right? Now, the next time it doesn't start, turn the key off, count to 10, 
turn the key on? Does the bulb, does, does, does the check engine light light up? If it doesn't, the PCM's not awake. Oh. All right? Because the PCM's got to have the ability to command the MIL, to command the check engine light. They call that bulb check. That's actually part of the emission controls language, the way it was written into the Clean Air Act of 1991. So, PCM is, yeah, so what does sure. that stand for? ECM, Electronic Control Module, or PCM, Powertrain Control Module, depending upon you know, what, okay. what, what school of technology you went to. But the, the point becomes that it's, it's an indicator, is, is the thing awake? I mean, you could do the same thing with a scan tool. And you know, I'd love to. I'd love to take a car like this and start polling p o l l i n g, polling all the computers on the car. Who's awake? Who's not? Who's being a sleepyhead? Who doesn't want to get out of bed? Who's trying to do their job and getting no help from everybody else? Who's on the bus? Who's 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 talking to who? And you'll find out. It sounds like you're going to find out the the, the computer itself isn't awake. That it's not doing its job. Now we've got to figure out why. Does it have a power problem? Is this wiring connection, is this an internal PCM fault? What's what's very common with the Colorado Isuzu series of the 294 cylinder, there's a 29, correct? Uh, I, I do not know. It's a 290. This is a 2.9 liter. Is this a 2.9 liter? What it's engine is this? Four-cylinder. Four-cylinder. Okay, I think this is a four-cylinder 2.9 liter. Uh, same thing as in the Colorado, correct? This is the Colorado motor. Okay. The, what's what's very common with these is they'll usually set a P0601, which is an internal memory issue in the PCM, and the PCM gets replaced. And and I'm in no way, shape, or form Verl, suggesting you run out and put a computer in the car. But, you know, I would definitely want to start thinking about that. You know, one of the things perhaps someone could do is locate the PCM. I'm not sure where it is on a Suzu. But if it happens to be accessible, maybe it's under the hood, maybe it's in the passenger compartment. If it's not awake and you could just, you know, go through powers and grounds, do the connectors look gnarled up, start thinking about connections at the battery. I've seen I've seen loose negative battery cables cause all kinds of flaky PCM issues too. You know what? Once in a while you gotta give that computer a kick. Uh, plain English. I know I just made everybody quiver and all the texts went, ooh, never do that. Uh, you know what? You're stuck on the side of a road. You'll try anything to get a car running. And, uh, you know. Well, I used, used to think in my own, I come from a, a, a communications engineer for the radio station, but uh, uh, intermittence. It's not intermittence because it wouldn't, ha- it wouldn't have, it wouldn't clear itself in 10 minutes. Right. Right. To me, the fact that this is doing this. On a consistent ten-minute basis, something's something's timing out. All right, and it, it makes, makes it, it makes me think the PCM is going into anti-theft mode. That's that's a, uh, a security thing, right? Yep. As a matter of fact, I would also be curious. You know, if you had access to it, could you check fuel pressure on this truck? What's it missing? Fuel pressure, spark, injector pulse? And I bet the answer is going to be yes. <laughs> uh, all right? And I bet it's going to come down to that all of a sudden it's losing all its, its it's losing its inputs. The PCM's not awake. And this is going to be, you know, whether it's anti-theft related that it can't read the key code from the lock cylinder for some reason, or whether the PCM is actually falling asleep and not waking up. I'm not even sure what kind of security system this thing has because I don't I don't have that key doesn't have a button or anything where you can No, it's probably on it's probably in the lock cylinder. If it has anything it's in the lock cylinder. Oh. 
Okay. Although it's hard to imagine we'd put anti-theft on an Isuzu, not to pick on it, but who'd want to steal it at this point? It's 10 years old. And <laughs> Joe, Joe Isuzu left the country about nine years ago, so he took all his TV commercials with him. So, um, But that's where I would be headed. I would be starting to think about that and see what we could prove that way. Well, somebody said something about, or I went on the, com- the Internet, and it said something about when it don't start, uh, turn the uh, key two notches to where it would be running. That's the one just before you actually crank. And uh, just leave it that way for about 10 minutes and see if it'll start. Well, of course, it wouldn't start anyway then. Right. Well, what, what, what they're doing is they're doing that because they're going on the assumption that the anti-theft system lost its key code and that oh. you're, you're, you're giving it the ability to learn. All right? Okay. We go through, we, you know, I don't know. The engineers think funny. They go through these great lengths to you know, make cars unstealable and components unstealable, and then they give us this bypass function and let it sit for ten minutes because no car thief in his right mind would sit for ten minutes in a car trying to learn the key code in order to steal. I, you know, I believe me, the whole anti-theft thing is so crazy anyway. Because if they want the car, they're pulling up a flatbed, jacking it up in the parking lot, pulling it up on the back of the bed, and off they go. All right, anti-theft doesn't mean anything. Though. Right. Think about it. Every time you've seen a car getting towed by a flatbed. Have you ever gone over and said, hey, are you stealing that car? Are you really here to tow it? <laughs> right? Have you? Right. <laughs> I've, never, I've never done that. I'm just like, oh, great, another one off the road. You know, it's so try those things for me, Verl. Call me back the week after next. I'm, I'm, uh, um, I'm getting ready for the holidays next week. We'll see. I may or may not Happy be holidays. here. Happy holidays. Yes, Merry sir. Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you, too. All right, sir, good talking to you after all these years. All right, tell your buddies Thanks to much. knock it off. All right? You'll always be Verl to me. Yeah, thank you. You're very welcome. You take good care. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this. Hey, coming up. Best in car advice. Give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. You know, that almost sounds like the often imitated, never duplicated, no baloney, not a phony, one and only... Tom Ray. Mr. Ray, live, live and in color. You're, you're at the microphone. You have a question, yeah, 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 sir. Yes, I had a question for the car doctor. Can, can, can I talk to him? Um, I'll see. He's kind of busy right now, but oh, okay. go ahead. I'll oh, well, 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 no. You, know, you mentioned the anti-theft system in the car. Right. Um, you know, so, and, and you mentioned it every so often. If, and obviously, it talks to the key. Right. There, there's a chip in the key. Yeah, there's, digi- there's a digital chip, and they do it by resistance or some sort of digital signal or something, depending upon the right. sophistication. And, and and obviously, if that chip goes bad, you're not going to start the car. Right. Well, So what happens if you're driving down the road and the chip just goes belly up? Uh, the car will keep running. To okay, my, good. To my knowledge, every car line, the car will keep running. That's a great question. Uh, the car will keep running, but when you get to your location, it will go into a no-start condition. Now, don't necessarily think that carrying two keys is going to solve it, because it can also be, you know, that chip can die in the key. There can be a problem with the key itself, but there can be also a problem with the lock cylinder, the wiring. I mean, all the electronics, anything can put these cars into an anti-theft no-start, like anything can put these cars into a no-start condition, period. One of the things, and, and keys are getting to be a real pain in the neck, and, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is that um, keys and and powertrain control modules are are, are working hand in hand on 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 monday monday or tuesday this week coming i've got a flash a ford pcm we're putting a pcm in a taurus i think it is or a fusion or something for another shop and i told them bring me the pcm 
bring me all the keys for the car because a lot of times I put a PCM in, I've got to relearn the keys for the the, the um, anti-theft system, PATS it's called on a Ford. So, you know, as a vehicle owner, be aware that when you take your car in for service, don't be surprised if the mechanic says, hey, I need all the keys. I've got to flash the computer. Um, and, and I got in the habit of asking, even if I, I'm not sure, because it makes it a whole lot easier at the time of flash that, uh, you know, I don't have to wait, you know, an hour for somebody to run home, get me the rest of the keys, and then and then bring them in. But uh, great question, Tom. So just, um, you know, when I come back, I have one more point about uh, flashing keys. i got to pull over and take this. I want to tell you about the problems with getting keys made. That's a whole other conversation. Ron and Andy, the car doctor at your service. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. Uh, to continue the conversation about um, uh, anti-theft systems, by the way, I guess it's next hour. We're going to give away a Millennium 90 scan tool from the folks at launch, launchtechusa.com. Uh, all you need to do to be in a chance to win is 855-560-9900. Give us a call on the 24-7 Car Doctor phone number and um, you know, ask a question. It's up to Tom and Tony. They haven't. Uh, nobody's hit their nerve yet, so I guess whatever Tom and Tony are looking for in the way of a winner. Uh, but we're giving away a Millennium 90 scan tool next hour, and it's, um, you know, OBD2 compliant and uh, looking at vehicle modules, ABS, um, you know, airbag. It does a bunch of stuff. It's uh, it's top of the line of the Millennium series, so it's a nice tool. We're giving it away for the holidays. Um, anti-theft is where I wanted to finish up real quick. Uh, you know, it's gotten to the point now, and it's been this way for a while, if you want to get a spare key made, you can't, and you got to understand, a lot of thought goes into anti-theft and getting keys. And, you know, if you want to get keys made, you have to go to the dealership. And if they don't know you, you need your driver's license. You need the vehicle registration. My understanding is the two have to match, or you've got to be able to prove that you're the owner of the vehicle, all right, by some way, shape, or form. And only then will they manufacture a key for you and or program it. So, you know, keep that in mind when you're when you're looking for keys or you need to get keys made. And I guess the real gist of it is, you know, if you're one of those person that the key breaks, oh, I've got a spare at home, I'll just use that. You know, the key breaks and then two years goes by and now that other key or three years goes by and that other key gets more worn out. What are you going to do? With, you know, you can't get keys made at the drop of a hat anymore. It's it's a project on just about anything. And it's it's not something that you want to really leave to the last minute. You have to assume that getting a key made for a vehicle today is really part of maintenance if, if a key breaks. And, you know, one last thought. I actually have one more thought. One of the things I hate to see people do the most is, hey, toss me the keys. You know that plastic key or that key that you're throwing from person to person? Say, here, take my keys. Or I, I, I hate it when I go out to restaurants and I watch the valets tossing keys around on some of these very expensive exotic cars. Those keys are anywhere from two to $500 a piece. All right? You drop that key and it shatters in, in, in a half a dozen pieces, that high-quality, high-grade plastic. Oh, boy, isn't that going to be exciting? So food for thought. Hey, till the next hour, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor reminding you the mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.